The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Aging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. 235 on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. Thanks to Aaron Peck joining me from Grand Prairie, heading to Alaska tomorrow to compete in his fifth Iditarod race. Looking forward to chatting with him once it's all said and done in uh, in a couple of weeks. But boy, oh boy, the planning and the training that goes into that and what an experience. Uh, right now, though, thrilled to welcome Ward 10 City Councillor Michael Walters uh, joining us in studio. In studio, here I am. You looked at me when I said your last name. Did I say it? I didn't say no, it. No, it right. it's, it's Walters, not Waters. No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> People have called me Waters. Before, I bet yeah. you they have. Yeah. Muddy I bet Walters. You they have. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to talk to you today because I'm looking at your ward and I'm looking at the city as a whole uh, when it comes to LRT and the challenges that seem to be going along with that, and a lot of them seem to be coming through. Ward 10, uh, recently anyway. We've been hearing about the Park Allen issue recently with the parasitic parking is what they're calling it. Uh, certainly Blue Quill has experienced that over the years since um, the Century uh, Park Station opened. Um, what's happening up at uh, South Campus? All of these things. So take me through what's going on in your world uh, on a transportation um, focus right now. So Ward 10 and the neighborhoods within it, I think can be fairly described as ground zero for a lot of new LRT development. This is since 2010 Mm -hmm. uh, through existing neighborhoods that weren't designed for LRT when they were originally uh, put together. So it's kind of like squeezing in this new transportation technology into a neighborhood that was built around the automobile, which most of the mature neighborhoods of Edmonton were. Uh, So there's been a fair bit of adjustment. And, you know, what we've seen is, uh, you know, of course, it's it's famous people's uh, discontent with the at grade crossings at mm-hmm. University Ave, which, which isn't in Ward 10, but a little further north in, in Belgravia at 51st Ave. Uh, and certainly we've learned from those mistakes. And now as we plan forward, A, we have a different kind of train in other parts of town that actually works more collaboratively with lights. And I was going to ask you, what have you learned from this? Well, we've learned to where you have a high amount of traffic, particularly at peak times, rush hour times, that you need to separate those from from uh, those intersections. Again, there's cost factors in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some intersections it's easier to do than others. Uh, but certainly, as the train heads south, hopefully soon, uh, it will cr- go under 23rd Avenue. So you can look at that's already in the plan. Uh, you know, I've advocated clearly for, uh, as it continues south, above or under 12th Avenue and mm-hmm. 9th Avenue so the folks at Twin Brooks don't get trapped in. So the great separation conversation now has policy and and sort of traffic modeling behind it so we can make good informed decisions. So that's what we've learned. The new the new low floor trains like the Valley Line uh, mm-hmm. from Millwoods and, and west uh, into the future are what are called partial priority trains. So they'll stop at lights and, and queue up 
to let traffic okay. kind of clear out of intersections so you don't get those long wait times. So there's a lot of improvements. Small small consolation to those folks who, who live around 51st Avenue now, and I, I know I hear about that. I live there. I live it. It's it's imperfect for sure, but we need to learn going forward. Some tough lessons. I bet you this one has been on your plate a lot since the moment that you took over. Yeah, for as sure. And, in that and even while I was, you know, part of the reason I ran for office in the first place is I didn't necessarily like the way that the LRT was being constructed because it was given the emphasis was on just moving people as opposed to integration to neighborhoods so I think that's the lesson we learned and that's the question that came up this week at there was a report yesterday about Blue Quill and Mm -hmm. how do we create better pedestrian access which was a a leftover question from last June when we rezoned and upzoned Century Park again. Seems to me, though, that the question that still should be around Century Park is where are people parking? Because they're just parking on Saddleback Road all the way, all the way up, all the way around there. And and it's been like that since it, since it opened. Yeah, it's the sort of old whack-a-mole situation where, so Century Park is, has a what I describe as a baked-in demand for parking because that's what people are used to. It's always been a temporary circumstance that people would be able to park there. When we did the rezoning of it last year uh, to finally get construction under underway, which it now is, uh, a construction of the actual urban village community mm-hmm. that was supposed to be built there, uh, in that bylaw we created a, a, a long-term parking strategy. So. We extended the existing lease for five more years, so till 2025, people can park at Century Park. Uh, and beyond that, there's going to be 1,100 plus parking stalls that will be on-site designated for LRT riders. Okay. The real uh, opportunity, though, is further down the line, where we have the Heritage Valley Park and Ride, which will be upwards of 2,000 spots, which will be the ultimate. Like the the that is the park and ride that was the long term plan all along. Yeah, so that's kind of that that's mm-hmm. that's the biggie. This is what. You know, ideally, we would have this top end, bottom end, because we have people right now who are driving south and parking to go north. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad you used the word ideally, Uh, but (laughs) but I'm going to come to that in a second. But on the point of people driving south, coming back north, if we had, in fact, built the LRT station that was originally planned on the Capitol line near Harry Ainley High School, Mm -hmm. that would have been an wonderful integration with the neighborhoods of Doug and Greenfield Royal Gardens as an, as an example uh, and taken a lot of pressure off the Century Park Park and Ride because I saw some numbers a few years ago that about 30% of the people who were parking at that park and ride came from north of the station hmm. probably would have been served by that station near Ainley. Mm-hmm. So in retrospect we need to not cheap out on things and build things right so there's lesson a big lesson but the ideal question is is interesting because i think about that so ideally from pure planning principles you put your big park and rides at the end of your lines so if you have you know six or seven spokes heading in six Mm -hmm. or seven different directions at the end of those spokes you would have park and rides which would then serve not only those more suburban communities but regional people Mm -hmm. from outside of edmonton who drive in as well and work downtown or at the university the lines, the, the the stations, as you move closer to the core, are where you achieve most of your densification, which is a big part of our, you know, one of our objectives of this council in the last was to build a more compact city. That's <laughs> where you can achieve that. Instead of fighting with people about a lot subdivision here or there, yeah. you're actually getting significant densification around those transit nodes. Uh, and so parking at those spots is not ideal. Mm-hmm. But in the real world, you have to kind of balance between ideal, the world as it should be, and the world as it is. 
in the world as it is as it is in Edmonton, is there's some expectation of our public that they'd be able to drive to an LRT station to be able to get into the downtown. And so we're trying to balance those two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's where, you know, it's, it's a work in progress for sure. There's no doubt about that. Tell me, uh, you know, with what's happening in Park Allen right now, there's been a lot of complaints. Certainly, mm-hmm. um, they're they're noisy. They're making their their voice heard about this. But I'll tell you, I was over in that neighborhood. I used to live on uh, 62nd Avenue, right on 100, uh, 106th Street, not 62nd Avenue. And I was uh, going over to uh, see a photographer the other day, right on 61st, and trying to p- find parking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was tricky. They're fed up, and, and I get why they are angry. We all feel and we all believe that that, part, that that spot in front of our house should belong to us right. and when it's not there a lot of people get really ticked off about it. Right. I know even to Williger town when I lived there when someone lived in front of, or parked in front of my townhouse I got my nose a little out of joint. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the options with that right now? So you know that's a you know Park Island's a beautiful community mm-hmm. and those folks do have a right to be upset. I, I've always felt it not totally reasonable to expect a spot in front of your yeah, house, no. but reasonable <laughs> to expect a spot near your mm-hmm. house. And they're beyond the point of reason there where people are parking many blocks from their house uh, sometimes. And I, I understand that. And we have a residential parking program that is currently being implemented. They're going through the process to uh, kind of create a local only, uh, yeah. residents only parking program. But this is another big uh, uh piece of work that's underway right now is making our bus system better. So instead of expecting that we're going to have valuable pieces of land next to LRT station used for parking, surface parking or or otherwise, Mm -hmm. what we actually need to get on top of before anything is a lean and mean bus system that gets people from their neighborhoods expeditiously to the train and that would be their first choice and so the transit review that we just undertook and the network the subsequent network redesign so meaning moving more bus hours onto main roads so you get more buses that go more quickly and more directly to LRT stations uh, is part of that uh, network redesign so people given the choice that they can walk out their front door now picture this in the perfect world, you walk out your front door, you got some nice cleared sidewalks, summer and winter, <laughs> you have on your smartphone the eye on your, the, you, know, you know where your bus is because mm-hmm. you're following it on smartphone because all of our buses have smartphone technology uh, or smart bus technology. You can then walk safely as a pedestrian to a bus that is going to take you quickly to your train and which, by the way, soon you'll be able to pay with your smart card or with your Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. We'll be in the real world, in the modern world soon. And then that's the experience people have. So quick out their door, know when the bus is coming, get to a bus on a main road near their house, and then to the train. And is that likely anytime soon? That is underway. So I'm ta- we're talking within the next couple of years. 2020 is when the network redesign will be done. The smart fare will be implemented. Yeah. So we're a couple of years away from that. And we've been working on that last term and this term. Uh, and we're committed to that. So the answer to people's demand for parking, mm-hmm. I think, is met primarily with an excellent bus service. That's not going to solve the problem no. completely, which is why residential parking programs are better or are important. And then there's been some talk and feasibility work done on private partnerships with 
church lots, yeah. commercial spaces, etc. I'm not sure I believe that Edmontonians are willing to give up their cars to get to the LRT station, that they're willing to take a bus to go to the LRT to go down, I'm go saying anywhere. that we need to make it, so I don't know if they are. We need are, to make it appealing. We need to make it far easier for them yeah. to make that choice to walk to a bus, get on that bus and go to the LRT. Otherwise, what we're going to end up with what is a lot of land that should be used for residential transit-oriented development for parking lots, which is not the kind of city I want to mm-hmm. be part of leading. And I think there's some debate. Now, I've been very firm on the need for some permanent parking at Century Park because I don't want all that parking all over the neighborhoods, not just Blue Quill, but Ermine Skin and, and Yellowbird and, and Bearspaw, uh, which is why we have have some parking, excellent bus service, residential parking programs in place, and good pedestrian access for neighborhoods that are near those stations so that they can mm. take advantage of them. And it's really many fat. There's many solutions to this problem, not just one solution. Yeah, it would have been nice. And I know we weren't at that point so many years ago when, let's say, South Edmonton was being looked at to mm-hmm. think, okay, how are we going to put in the LRT? But if we had, wouldn't it be nice to go back and wiggle our nose, ma- uh, wave a magic wand and have done that right. way back and done the planning yeah, yeah. instead of... I always talk about the time, time machine urban yeah. planning where we can get in that time machine, go back and redesign all those neighborhoods as though LRT would be coming yeah. through. But, you know, that's a fairy tale and we have to work with what we got. A quick break here, more with Ward 10 City Councillor Michael Walters right after this. City Councillor Michael Walters joining me in studio this afternoon. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Um, We just had a fascinating conversation during that commercial break uh, as well. And I wanted to ask you about, um, we hear a lot uh, through this radio station, through the text line, through the phone lines about saying, you know what, the city is making it harder for those who are driving their vehicles or who want to drive their vehicles, who aren't willing to drive their vehicles to get around. What do you say to that? Well, I'd say that's probably true uh, because we uh, have, in the last number of years, introduced a significant piece of infrastructure not built perfectly, which is the LRT. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about earlier, there's lots we've learned and mistakes won't be repeated. Uh, But ultimately, what we need to achieve is a mix. So I'll use my own household as an example. I got two kids who I got to, my wife and I got to drive here and there to sports. We can't do everything on transit. So in the city of Edmonton, for the foreseeable future, many families are going to continue to rely on automobiles. But there are times when we could use transit. And there are people who have particular lifestyles that they could use transit exclusively. And I think the point is, is we need to create a good mix so that it's it's easy for motorists to get around. It's uh, Transit is accessible and affordable for more and more people, as we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. the bus to LRT. Uh, uh, scenario, and ultimately for car drivers that are and motorists that are going to, going to only use that mode of transportation, it's probably better for them that those people that are considering transit, but just need it to be a little easier, that it get a little easier, so those people can actually make that choice mm-hmm. and get off the road, which reduces congestion for those people who are motorists. So it's a if we do it right, and I'm not here to <laughs> pretend that we've done it right up until now, but we have learned a lot. Uh, 
And as we move forward with LRT uh, construction, it's all about creating that healthy mix of accessibility for transit, easier flow of traffic for motorists in the long term, better better opportunities for safe pedestrian passage for people who are going to choose to walk, etc. It's about the mix. It's well, not about one or the other. What about these, and we only have like 90 seconds left, so I'm going to put you on the spot here to answer this, you know. What about the new communities that are that are coming into town? You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I look at out where I live, you know, deep southwest, there's a huge community being developed there in the next 10 years. There's a huge, I think they said 40,000 new people expected to, to be living there. Yeah. How do we... Mm-hmm. How are we planning for those subdivisions that are still being built? Right. So the ones still being built are under existing plans, which are much denser than many okay. of the neighborhoods that are currently in Ward, in the older part of Ward 10, for example, the mature neighborhoods. So what we're doing is we're planning for them to be denser, more transit-oriented, which, you know, we've talked about the need for saving farmland and mm-hmm. developing a more efficient city. The new Edmonton Metro Region plan, uh, over the 40 years of that plan, We'll save up to because the densities are higher, uh, 250 acres or 250 quarter sections of farmland, which saves us five billion in infrastructure. Hmm. So taxpayers should be, as taxpayers, we should be happy about that. So those new neighborhoods will be much more efficient. They will be designed around transit. So it's not like the square peg in the round hole scenario we find ourselves in in some of the older neighborhoods. Uh, so they're they're more sustainably planned. Uh, the other th- factor that is on the horizon that we need to be very mindful of is sort of autonomous vehicles and what that's going to mean. You know, fleet-based uh, mm-hmm. autonomous vehicles or private ownership is still a question that's out there that hasn't been answered. So transportation is going to re- continue to be a dynamic topic for the citizens of Edmonton uh, for the foreseeable future, for sure. And certainly for uh, City Council to be juggling it all and handling it all. Michael Absolutely. Walters, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for the time. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.